Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. destructive force unleashed on this town such as I have never seen. Oh my god, I don't believe this is not happening! We have got a poltergeist! Okay, well, folks, I can do a clearance, but uh, it's not gonna be cheap. Although I do offer a six-month guarantee. That fellow takes us totally for granted. Hey, Stuart, interact, huh? Frank Bannister had a remarkable ability Psychic investigator To communicate with the dead You, you can see spirits? Emanations are normally confined in a cemetery You cannot push spirits around Although they do escape Hey there and welcome to Rewatchability This is the podcast where we rewatch old movies To see how they hold up in the modern era Under our modern eyes My name is Blaine Waters With me as always is... Rob Boert, LaRond. <laughs> Jesus huh? Christ. Not boo because it's like a bad performance, but oh like scary boo. What have we done? What did we do to deserve this? And? J.M. McNabb. There we go. No clever, no clever Why, haunting I, name. I always have to go second, and it's, it's always after something ridiculous. <laughs> well, you know I'm going to do it. Yeah. You have time to prepare. It's true. <laughs> He's been thinking about it all week. We are an Entertainment One podcast on the Entertainment One Podcast Network, and we are going to get into the movie that we are doing this week right away. But before we do that, before we do it right <laughs> oh, away... you lied. You lied right off the bat. Right, right away, I lied. We are going to thank our Patreons. Thank you so much for going to patreon.com slash rewatchability and donating $135 for us there. You get the podcast early and ad-free, and sometimes you get some... Great bonus content. I was going to make a Halloween, like, hauntingly good. Like, I don't know why we'd haunt you <laughs> with our bonus content. But if you want to be haunted by our bonus content, you can go to patreon.com slash rewatchability and join there. We would really appreciate it. And if you can't do that, then the easiest thing you can do to support us is just to tell a friend about the podcast. Say, hey, mm. I listen to this podcast. This guy gives a crazy name each and every week uh, that's, that's related to the theme of the movie that they're doing and his co-host don't know how to respond to it and you can listen to that too at uh rewatchability like, no, so, i'm pretty i'm pretty good just listening to conan o'brien <laughs> gonna stick with that which celebrity is going to be his friend this week <laughs> those are lasting friendships too you know i really think they solidify it in that hour they have i like when they don't really want to be his friend <laughs> 
Or sometimes they just pretend and it's funny. Yeah. Anyway. I wonder what they're doing right now. <laughs> you could just turn this off and go see, yeah. You can go to uh, ConanNeedsAFriend.com. <laughs> How do we get Jack White to do a theme song? <laughs> so the movie this week, guys, is The Frighteners, Peter Jackson movie starring Marty McFly. Wait, The Frighteners, Peter Jackson? I thought it was Peter Jackson's The Frighteners. <laughs> It it can be done either way. I just did it the the less popular way. When did you first see this movie, Rob? Go for it. Okay, so I have to be honest about this one. I have never actually seen Frighteners what? before this day. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can I tell you the reason? <laughs> Was it too frightening? Well, kind of. I mean, okay. do you remember the VHS box? Like, didn't it have like a hologram with like a frightening thing on it? Fuck yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> scared the crap out of me. I mean, I spent a lot of time in video stores. I looked at like all the boxes because this is how, as a kid, you could tell what was a good movie or not. You didn't like, mm-hmm. you know, look at the movie reviews or, you know, listen to a rewatchability or something like that. You just had to judge a video by the cover. And this had a scary fucking cover. So I was fascinated by it. I was repelled by it and i literally <laughs> never saw the movie because i assumed it would be too scary you assumed wrong <laughs> I, I guess i did like i mean really i should have seen this movie when i was a kid it, it has a lot of like the elements that successful kids movies incorporate in them including like you know cg ghosts doing wacky things but uh i don't know the title the frighteners and the scary ass vhs cover frightened me out of seeing this movie so wow it worked (laughs) (laughs) the the ad campaign worked that's great so rob you had never seen this before jm yeah you'd seen this right yeah you'd seen it you saw this in like uh the movie theater at mount pleasant or something no i you know i don't remember if i saw in the theater to be honest i don't think i did uh, I if I didn't see it in the theater, I saw it very early on when it came out on on VHS, and then I did buy the tape, mm. and the with the hologram cover, that's the face, you know, popping out of the you know Ugh, the fabric the or the wall. Yeah. How can you sleep at night <laughs> if it's staring at you? Uh, well, I, I don't have it anymore. In fact, I I just got rid of. Uh, I just uh started cleaning out my old room at my parents' house and threw out all of my VHS tapes or, you know, put them on the curb oh and, God. you know, hoping that someone would come along and collect them. So sad. Uh, it's, so. it's called the garbage man. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Cause I must've seen this movie a bunch of times. Like I rented it. I bought the tape. I remember like bringing it over to friends houses around Halloween time. Like if we're sort of watching, you know, Halloweeny kind of movie. So I, I must have seen it like quite a few times, but I had little to no memory of what actually happened in the movie. Like I, <laughs> I remembered the setup. I remembered one or two scenes, but I, I didn't remember how it ended. Yeah. So I, I was excited to rewatch it. I do remember like liking this movie quite a bit and thinking it was underrated and i also am you know like rob i am also uh, a coward and uh, <laughs> uh so i you know i'm i wasn't you know as a kid like a huge 
I certainly had horror movies that I loved, but I wasn't into like the super scary, like gory horror movies. Um, that would come later. But, uh, so I, I, this is a good movie for like, if you enjoy horror, if you enjoy that kind of stuff, it's, you know, it's a little scary. It's a little violent, but it never like crosses that line. So, you know, it was perfect for like, probably like 12 or 13 when it came out and i loved it what about you blaine i absolutely loved this film when it first came out like i was all about it i i would like you take it to friends houses i own the vhs as well i i I put the hologram cover underneath my pillow at night um wait what and (laughs) no no i I didn't do that (laughs) i i did i did really love this movie i think because it had so many like callbacks and even though i probably didn't get them at the time but references to the back to the future and like this is a very marty mcfly character too that michael J. fox I, I feel he's not very dissimilar to marty mcfly no, I, was, well, I, mean, I was agreeing okay. with you but okay fantastic he looks similar uh, but <laughs> he definitely acts similar too so i yeah i think i love this for a lot of uh, different reasons i also remember thinking that it was just a really well told story like there was no there was nothing you could really throw at it and and make it stick in terms of criticism like i was just like this is a perfect movie it's, it's wow you know i High praise i really loved it uh, which is my opinion has since changed after watching this movie, uh, oh. but but I really I really loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I thought the jokes really hit. I thought the love story was just one for the ages. <laughs> I really, I this movie really affected me, and so I, I even made something in a similar vein later on in my life. So it was it was a movie that I really loved, but I hadn't seen. Wait, you ripped since- it off. Since well, I was afraid of ripping it off, so I I st- I didn't watch it for a long, long while, so that it wouldn't like affect me while okay. I was making the thing. So I hadn't I haven't seen this since like I was fifteen or I don't know somewhere somewhere in there. And it was wow. since, I I think I watched it like every month for a year and then didn't watch it ever again. So mm. uh, so yeah, I was really excited to rewatch it because I thought this is an underrated movie, like you did, JM, mm-hmm. and. This will be a gem. This will be a diamond in the rough, and we will be like Aladdin finding the. Di- no, I think I'm I don't think that's what Aladdin did. <laughs> <laughs> he loved the frighteners, and he took it to all his. No, um, I. Uh, so I should have used really- my third wish on that holographic VHS cover. <laughs> 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 so I was excited to to rewatch it, and I I chose to do the behind the scenes and the trivia on this one as well, and that kind of ruined the movie for me. Oh no, as well. What? Yeah, I wow. Um, I'm excited for that because I you know I was thinking about this like I know nothing about this movie. Like I remember liking it. You know I know Peter Jackson made it, but I didn't look anything up about it. I remember nothing right. from the time i literally stopped watching the movie and then opened the laptop and started recording with you guys so i'm, I'm very curious <laughs> to know what you're talking about it's nothing great is it like <laughs> to, to like get in character they murdered several actors to, <laughs> and brought them back as ghosts 
let's let's be careful what we say, JM. Oh, okay. um, no, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> there was no ghosts involved. But no ghosts uh, were harmed in the production of this film. That's why Peter Jackson can't leave New Zealand. It's uh, they don't extradite there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, it's the only that... place without COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, congrats to their prime minister again for her landslide victory. So, Rob, do you want to run down the plot of this pretty convoluted movie right now? No. I'm I'm too scared. <laughs> no, Rob, look past the cover. Oh, okay, okay, all right. So it starts with some spooky shit. Oh, I mean, really, it starts with some harpsichord music and some, like, creepy little children singing. You know this is going to be scored by Danny Elfman. Of course. <laughs> but it starts with some spooky shit. I mean, we see this woman in this house, and she's being chased by this creature. And it's like a creature that seems to take the shape of the walls. Like, it's sort of, like, extruding out of the walls and Wall carpets. man. Yeah, it's very scary. That's how Rob feels most nights when he turns off the light. It's like, talk me down, demon in the wall. No, but okay, well, maybe we should talk about this because it's like the first thing that happens in the movie. And like we said, it was the VHS tape. Is that image, that special effect or that visual effect of the face and, you know, body coming out of the wall and the wall kind Mm -hmm. of morphing with it was super cool at the time. Like, it was pretty mind-blowing. Yeah, but didn't... I'm sure that's happened in previous films. Oh, sure, yeah. But I mean, like, even just... Like, like, it was spandex in the wall and they were just, like, going through it. No, no, but, like, the the CGI of it, like, being used in that way in in a ghost story was a a big deal. And it looks super cool. It, It does not now... It looks very, (laughs) very bad. But, I mean, that's not the movie's fault. Yeah. No, I I mean, I guess it didn't hold up exactly. But they were a young – I'm just going to talk about what I'm going to talk about later now. But they were – like, Weta Studios is, like, pretty young as a CGI studio. And they had one computer to to do all their digital effects on. What, really? and then they expanded to 35 computers to do to do this movie. So I think they were still kind of, you know, kicking the, the cutting their teeth on on this movie, which then led to the digital effects on Lord of the Rings, which sometimes are awful too, but uh, but mainly pretty good. So yeah. I mean, this to movie be fair, sacrificed. This movie came out in 1996. Like there wasn't a lot of great CG in 1996. I mean, except for Jurassic Park, everything else only looked one. bad. That was yeah. three years before this. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a what a studios. What a digital or whatever they're called did like a pretty good job for the time. I'd say. I, I remember it being pretty cool at the time. So much yeah. so that they were like, we need all the VHS tapes to <laughs> duplicate <laughs> this one thing as much as possible. Shouldn't we put Michael J. Fox at no? <laughs> <laughs> no, people don't like familiar faces. <laughs> they want the demon face of Gary Busey's son poking out of the, the cover. <laughs> no! Oh, Gary Jesus. Busey is already scary. I mean, oh, it's terrifying. Any Busey. He's te- the Buseys in general, just terrifying. Mm-hmm. But so there's this this ghost creature is like attacking this woman and her mother. And at one point, the old woman who's, you know, sort of speaking a little bit biblically, like she's like Carrie's mom or something like that. She shoots the carpet. And then this like ghost creature, this dark 
full of like ashes and I don't know darkness. It flies at the screen, and then that's the title: Frighteners. Frighteners. <laughs> Did they repeat it? Okay. No, but it's you know, it's extra frightening. <laughs> it's like you're trying to sell me on a monster truck rally. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Michael J. Fox gets crushed by Grave Digger. <laughs> We sort of hear about all of these deaths that are happening in the town. There's a scene in a newspaper office, and this writer is giving a very poetic sort of description of these events that are happening in this location. Just people seem to be dying. Like, the the writer says, like, death has literally come to town. The grim specter is taking people's souls. And, you know, they have them tone down the language a little bit, but it seems like a very frightening situation where people are just, like, dying. I'm glad we watched this to distract from the horrors of the real world. (laughs) (laughs) They're just dying from a mysterious ailment. It's spreading. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But if it was something like COVID, I would be really scared. But it's not. I mean, supernatural scary. I don't find it scary right now, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, many people... Many people do. And on the job is Michael J. Fox. And he is a paranormal investigator. He's he's a ghostbuster. Let's let's put it that way. (laughs) He busts ghosts, spooks, spirits, whichever whichever nomenclature you prefer. And he's sort of like a, a van chasing lawyer. A uh, you know, he he shows up at the funeral, he's like giving out his card, and some people are sort of on to him. Like there's one woman who sort of calls him out as a con man. Mm. But he does get called to go to this woman Lucy's house af- after she's experiencing some creepy things like her and her boyfriend are on the bed and the bed just sort of like raises up. It's like the exorcist. It's, it's creepy. I mean, though kind of sexy in its way. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not just her boyfriend, it's her husband. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The Linskys. Yeah. He, uh, that guy played Elvis in, uh, Forrest Gump. I saw that. Yeah. Cause there's an Elvis joke in the movie when the, like the little statuette, uh, of Elvis floats by. Yeah. Ah, and of course, that would be directed by Robert Zemeckis, who produced this film. That's right. Exactly. There's a lot of like. Coming together. There's a lot of Zemeckisness in, oh, uh, in this movie, I'd say. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, we, and he's doing all this because he crashed through a fence, a picket fence, on this guy's property. So he's trying to like extort him to not have to pay for the fence. Well, yes, exactly. What we find out is that he's been running a little grift with two not friendly ghosts, but at least not super scary ghosts. Man, I hate that trunk! Yeah, well, I don't want you guys spreading your ectoplasmic muck all over my car seat. Oh, ain't that a bitch? The ectoplasm's the only thing sticky enough to hold a damn car together. Look, Frank, I'm sorry about your puss yellow piece of shit Volvo, but we ain't riding in the damn trunk no more. You understand? We... Would like to cruise with some style, man. You know, you guys left me high and dry tonight. I get to the house, nothing's happening. Couldn't believe it. Hey, Stuart, in or out, huh? 
Mickey's been, you know, they go in, they do, they move all the furniture, they flick the lights on and off, and then he gets to work his services. And bingo, bango, he's rolling in the cash. Except he's not rolling in the cash. He's got this, like, house that is, like, half completed, and the bank is going to foreclose if he can't get all this money. And it seems like a bad situation. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I was just realizing that another movie that came out in 1996 that we just talked about on the podcast was Dragonheart, which had a very similar setup, which was like a guy running a con with this kind of monster, you know, threat that uh, that he was secretly in cahoots with. Yeah, it was it was that was a big thing that year, I guess. (laughs) 1996, the year of the grift. <laughs> but it's a funny idea, like having, yeah, having these ghosts go and haunt a place, and then he comes in. And because he is a real medium, like he can yeah. see and talk to ghosts, but the way he actually pays the bills is by getting his ghost pals to, uh, you know, stir shit up. Uh, that's precisely it. While he's investigating this sort of ghost mystery, he he sees like a little extra detail that confounds him. He sees a number on the husband's head, and this sort of screws him up a bit, and he mentions it to his friendly ghost, but uh, they don't know anything about it. And shortly after, he's walking down the street, and this guy runs into him, except he's a ghost! That person has died. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the, the husband's dead. So this is where he can sneak in and really steal that guy's girl. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, the guy was very rude and not pleasant. He, was, he liked doing he crunches was, and, you know. God, he, he looked after people. his health. I know, it's the worst. They deserved everything awful. <laughs> also trying to keep like a nice front lawn. Like, ugh. Yeah. How dare he not want <laughs> crazed drivers almost murdering him and <laughs> destroying his property? I'm glad he gets taken down a peg by getting killed. <laughs> <laughs> but the the husband really wants to like talk to his his or the the wife really wants to talk to her husband, as it were, right? Because yeah, she wants right. to know what happened to the money that they had squirreled away together. Yeah, and he he tells him that the guy lost it all, and that's that. But it is yeah. like I remember, or I remember it was like two hours ago. But when I when I was watching it, I kind of assumed this kind of jerky character who dies quickly, who's clearly teeing up a romance storyline between Michael J. Fox and uh, and this woman, the Lucy character. Like I assumed, like oh, he must just be her boyfriend. No, he's her husband. Like they. Like, they had a not great marriage, we find out, but it wasn't like, he wasn't like a villain. He was just kind of a (laughs) sleazeball. It's still, I I don't know. Do you think she waited an appropriate amount of time before kindling a new relationship with Michael J. Fox? This is is the thing. Like, I remember, I remember hating this guy. And now I'm like, I don't think this guy's that bad. He's ma- he's made some bad decisions on some with some money. He's a bit of a meat hat. hasn't. Yeah, he didn't like he's steal a- the money. He just said that the investments didn't pan out or they're bad investments. Yeah. Well, he should have told was like communication. Well, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true. But he was probably embarrassed, you know. Anyway, <laughs> Blaine, do you have uh-huh. any uh 
Guys, you the rewatchability money. The rewatchability money. Ooh. I uh, I put it all in Enron. <laughs> no, I, 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 uh, just before March hit, I put it all in open mouth kissing. <laughs> <laughs> I put it all in the cruises, guys. Ever cruises were never going to go away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But well, he's in the well. He's at dinner with this guy's wife. He goes to the bathroom, and this other dude comes into the bathroom to do what you do when you go into the bathroom, and he sees a number on this fella's head too and then he sees like some sort of apparition and he checks it out and you know he's sort of watching from the stall the guy's like a little bit confused at why michael j fox is giving him all this attention in the bathroom but uh then he dies so (laughs) you know yeah he literally it's literally the grim reaper yeah he like reaches into the guy's chest and 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 you know, chokes his heart like he's Darth Vader or something. Mm-hmm. That's not a thing Darth Vader did, is it? He didn't no. choke hearts? Well, he didn't go inside people's <laughs> bodies. Well, I mean, he <laughs> killed his wife by giving her a broken heart or something, but mm-hmm. I don't think that was on okay. purpose. Uh, also, I do want to mention, before we get into this, because it's important, I do want to mention that the restaurant they're at is this weird, like, medieval restaurant for some right. reason. It's like medieval times, <laughs> but without the battles. What the hell? It's like like if Medieval Times was like an upper class fancy restaurant and no one ever like comments on it. No one ever brings it up. (laughs) It's just a medieval (laughs) restaurant for some reason. It's just like every restaurant in New Zealand is a theme restaurant of some sort. Right. (laughs) Now they're all Lord of the Rings themed. (laughs) But yeah, but so yeah, it's like literally the Grim Reaper is going around killing people because they don't know how these people are dying. Also, I don't think we've talked enough enough about the his ghost friends michael j fox's ghost friends because i was very confused by these uh gentlemen for one thing like i mean i think they kind of explain it or michael j fox sort of explains it to the husband who dies but like you become a ghost and if you don't go through the tunnel of light to the afterlife you have to Mm -hmm. wait around for like sort of the next tunnel to open up in a few years Mm -hmm. and while that happens your your ghost body starts to rot yes and like decompose the way a a actual corporeal body would well this is science kinda, but like <laughs> and then suddenly i, I felt this this, this vice like rip just squeezing my heart and i couldn't breathe right i just i couldn't breathe and, oh i've got the shakes now i need some vitamin b yeah you can't take vitamins anymore you don't eat, you don't drink, you don't go to the bathroom. All that shit's over. In about a year's time, you're going to get a chance to go through the other side again to become what's known as a pure spirit. But in the meantime, what's known as an earthbound emanation, which is a rotting cloud of bioplasmic particles dripping ectoplasm from every orifice. <laughs> but Chi McBride's character is from the 70s, and he's not yeah, rotting as right? much as like... And there's this other guy that's like 300 years old, the, the judge... You know, yeah, like years old, and he he's kind of rotting, but he still has most of his face. John Aston, and I, th- yeah, yeah, he's great. He's so much fun. But also, yeah, like it's just weird. Like it gives there's all this like gross out humor with the ghosts, and uh, it just doesn't make sense. Also, like the the one guy, the uh, older black gentleman, is just like a big kind of cartoon <laughs> stereotype of a man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Chi McBride. He's from uh, Pushing Daisies. He's uh, he's so good. Oh, great yeah, actor. Great, yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, but yeah, the character yeah. is basically stereotypical black guy. Yeah, which was a yeah. little uncomfortable. <sighs> totally. But then also the, he says like, hey, I can't, like, I'd love to wear something other than these disco clothes. And Michael J. Fox is just like, sorry, you died in the 70s. But then, <laughs> okay, my big hang up with this movie is the physics of ghosts. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then well, they, fair. they go yeah. to the cemetery and they see uh, Arlie Ermey from uh, Full Metal Jacket. Playing like, yeah. Arlie Ermey. <laughs> yeah. But he's he tra- he like changes costumes several times and like conjures machine guns as a ghost. He's basically like he's- the mask or something. Yeah. I was going to say Robin Williams' genie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Like- yeah. He can just do anything. He can like bring guns. He's like the Matrix. He's he's all these movies. So why all couldn't that other guy just have a different pair of clothes? I don't understand. He should have learned from the drill sergeant. He should have gone to the drill sergeant and been like, "Hey, can you make me clothes?" <laughs> <laughs> Make yourself clothes, soldier. Sound off. <laughs> yeah. I, you yeah. know, when Arlie Emery showed up, that was one of the things that, like, kind of made me check out of the movie because, like, it just felt like such a kids' movie sort of thing. Here is, like, a reference. I mean, they do it in Toy Story. Isn't Arlie Ermey in Toy Story? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. And they did write that character based on his character in Full Metal Jacket. But then yeah, I'm, I'm not shocked. <laughs> but they went casting and they couldn't find someone that could do it as well as him. So they just offered him the part. And I was like, why didn't you just go to him? <laughs> yeah, I mean, why did you go all around New Zealand looking for it? Anyway? He's not busy playing Hamlet, guys. <laughs> <laughs> to be or not to be? That is the question. <laughs> yeah. We, we keep on hearing all this information about this earlier murder that happened, like this killing spree. And they even sort of like at the beginning of the movie sort of state that these things are basically connected. Like, you know, nothing bad has ever happened to this town except for this one killing spree and uh, all these other things that are happening now but you know it's one of those things where like back in the 50s it's like a badland situation it's one of those like you know young couple killers go on the run and the the first the first people that we saw in the house that is the the woman the girl who was part of the sort of uh, bonnie and clyde duo and uh, well i i don't think they totally know that i think no. i think the what you what we hear at the beginning of the movie is that like she was in love with the jake bc character and mm-hmm. like they kind of implicated her as a result but Nobody really knew, you know, we're jumping yeah, ahead a little, she, that, that how involved she was. For sure, for sure. Yeah, but I mean, exactly. the way that the they set it up in the script, it's very obvious that that's going to happen. Because, yeah, they're just like, yeah. they, they make excuses for her. They're like, oh, she was just in love with him. It could happen to anybody. It's like, I, I don't care how in love you are with who. Like, you don't murder <laughs> people. Or when they start murdering, you're like, ah, that's a deal breaker. <laughs> Some red flags red right there. Red flag. <laughs> when they start murdering people and carving numbers into the forehead, yeah, big red flag. Rob, that just tells me that you've never truly been in love. I haven't. Oh, God. Damn. I just saw the look on your face. <laughs> okay, remember to put in like a little Simon and Garfunkel there in that podcast when you, when you edit it. Yeah. That'll clear, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, but... Uh, at one point, Michael J. Fox ends up at a party and he sees the numbers appear on this woman who has been accusing him of murdering his wife. Because we also find out, because it's a very convoluted story, that Michael J. Fox character used to be an architect and he was in an accident long ago where his wife died. And 
get this crazy thing. They found the number 13 carved into her forehead. But nobody nobody thinks that's connected to anything. Nobody uh <laughs> the police over there they're they're not so good with the uh the police work. So or just counting. Yeah. Just counting. <laughs> it's, it's like we have one one from 12 over here. Uh, yeah, we got this guy who famously killed 12 people and we've got the number 13 carved in here. We're thinking uh, werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> they got those claws they can carve with. <laughs> Yeah, but so he, he he takes this woman and he like his, runs away with her and gets in a car and he ends up sort of getting into an accident that sort of is a parallel to the accident that he got in with his wife and she okay dies. wait wait you you've got to back up because you totally skipped over the part where zombie John Aston humps a mummy sarcophagus <laughs> oh man yeah we can talk about that for the next half hour <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Fucking Christ. The line that they gave beloved actor John Aston, nice and still, just the way I like them. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like, because it's like the ghost, the old man judge sees like a m- mummy body at the at a museum party. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and in a sarcophagus. In a sarcophagus and goes over. And you think like, oh, maybe this is just going to be some gross off screen thing. Like, no, you see uh, ghost thrusting. His hips move through the sarcophagus, and you see... Th- yeah, it's it's pornographic. I, uh, yeah. My first thought when I saw that scene was, I wonder if at any point during the making of the Academy Award-nominated Lord of the Rings trilogy was Peter Jackson just talking to Sean Astin about directing his father in this necrophilia Oh, yeah, I made comedy your dad a mummy. <laughs> or like the, doesn't Aragorn go to like the the Hall of Ghosts at one point hump and use Ghost Army to 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 hump a whole other army? Isn't that a thing that he does? Uh, Jesus, it's so bad. It's so bad. Like I was watching it with with my wife, and at that point, she was just like, "Oh, like just physically recoiled from the screen." Yeah, I mean that's a big problem i think with this movie is like the tone is sort of everywhere like a lot of the movie seems like really cartoony but then like yeah we get jokes about necrophilia later on there is a character who like basically has an adolf hitler haircut and is crazy it's like very dark in places but then also times really stupid well it's a weird tone and i think you know it's hard to criticize like the more extreme parts because that's so early Peter Jackson. I mean, right. This scene isn't bad taste. He literally made a movie called bad taste. Like, right. I, I love I mean, bad taste. I, I think it's, I it's a, we- this is a weird movie because he's kind of straddling. It's obviously, you know, this was his last movie before he made Lord of the Rings. So this is kind of a, a movie that's just kind of between the cracks of, of, points in his career because he's this is very much like a mainstream hollywood ghost comedy mystery thing but sure. it's also got these weird hints of of these very silly very gross uh, you know horror comedies that he made in new zealand so i sometimes yeah. the movie works for me really well sometimes it's just like what what the fuck were you thinking yeah like, <laughs> like the sarcophagus thing it was just weird yeah and gross and- well to his credit he did want to make this movie way more explicit and way more violent and the producers wanted a pg-13 and so he had to take out a lot of the r-rated stuff 
Wait, so it, it was, was this silly, movie PG thirteen? No, it was still a rated R. Oh, okay, just take out the because, humping because because of the sarcophagus awfulness. Well, also a, a um, character gets his head blown off later in the movie. Like that couldn't have helped. Yeah, and that that yeah. CG is that really holds up. Yeah, well, he did that because they wouldn't. He kept on putting the movie into the to the MPA, and they they would just like be like, no. You're, you're, it's still are, it's still are, no matter what he did. So then he was like, well, I'm just going to make one scene extra gory again. Oh, so really? he went back oh. and made that. Yeah. That makes sense. The, Cause the I was, well, I was wondering while I was watching it, what it was rated. Cause like no one says fuck, you know, there's, there's little violence, but then you do get these odd, oddly extreme moments. Yeah. And it's like a Zemeckis joint, you know, <laughs> like it, it is kind of for all, ages at a certain point but then that one point he's just like fuck you kids <laughs> you know, like i'm just gonna put in this nightmare fuel for you yeah yeah i mean basically they find out that the woman who was first attacked was part of the sort of thing and they have to like get johnny who was jake Busey's character's ashes to consecrated ground so that he will move on and i should also mention all along the way that he's been killing uh, all of his ghost friends like he is just murdering everybody you know alive and not alive like they go through the cemetery and he chops arlie ermie in half and uh, yeah and then we find out yeah this grim reaper specter that has been wreaking havoc on the town it's just jake Busey. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, you, you skipped over the part where he realizes the only way to fight Jake Busey is to kill himself. Yeah. I f- totally forgot this when I was a kid. And looking, uh, like, I, I mean, I saw it when I was a kid. I must have loved it. N- looking at it now, I'm like, what is this five minute plot point where you kill your main character? Well, I, it's, <laughs> like, it's pretty interesting because then he gets to do all the ghost <clears throat> stuff. And I, I do like that because it's, it's fun to see the main character do all that sort of uh fun stuff it just felt like it should have been longer though or like it should have been the last thing that happened because it was it's so big and so it's it's life and death but the last thing that happens is not is you know he comes back to life and he's all right yeah he kills himself comes back to life and there's still like half an hour left in the movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's what i didn't like even the new testament brevity What was that in that cell, Frank? I felt something crushing my heart. I can't fight him, Luz. I can't protect you. So one way to deal with this thing. I gotta have an out-of-body experience. What? And I gotta have it right now. No! Go no! away, Luz. Just walk the other way. Wait! Wait. This will slow your heart rate and lower your body temperature. <laughs> oh, but also, like, I, I think there's something weird about the... Because once he becomes the ghost, he, you know, beats the crap out. I, again, it's the physics of the ghosts that really confuses me. Right. He, he basically, he beats the Grim Reaper character using the ghost machine guns yep. <laughs> that Arlie yeah. Ermey drops. When he and, gets split in half. So he, he fire, it's just, just gets so cartoony. So he uses the ghost machine guns. He shoots the Grim Reaper kind of guy, uh, finds out that he's just uh, Jake Busey, which is kind of a twist, but also kind of not because he's Why like is he one wearing of the four Grim people. Reaper costume. Yeah. It's, it seems it's like Halloween. he just machine guns <laughs> off his costume. And then, but 
after that point, he also doesn't have the powers that he had before, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, up to this point, he was using his Grim Reaper powers to, like, reach inside people's chests and, like, squeeze the life out of them. And then after he is revealed to be Jake Busey, he has to go back to, like, getting underneath a carpet and, like, physically, like, (laughs) attacking people. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, and he tries to use his his kind of girlfriend to kill everyone, right? So, like, in this final kind of showdown, it's it's our two main characters in love with each other after spending two scenes together, and then them running through this kind of hospital while the the young woman who's now old is kind of shooting at them with a shotgun, mm-hmm. which and is a great also- scene. And as also we should yeah. say, it's the great D. Wallace playing the uh, right. yeah the Drew older- Barrymore's mother from ET, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Jackson chose her because he was like, who's going to suspect Drew Barry's more mother uh, from E.T. as the killer? No yeah. one. It's like, well, everyone did because he was kind of in the movie. He kind of. There were like it. five or six people in this movie. <laughs> yeah. But what I found was weird is all through this scene where Michael J. Fox is in the hospital, which we sort of find out was the place where the original massacre all this time ago began. We see all these like flashbacks of the original massacre as if like Michael J. Fox is remembering them or something. I love that. Yeah. yeah that's well, great. He's seeing through time kind of thing. It's like he's Why? it's like he has the shining or something because it's okay. just such a like psychically potent uh space where all these people were murdered that he's Going through the corridors and seeing all these echoes of what happened. I actually thought this was the best sequence in the whole movie. Well, I guess so, but they didn't really set that up. Like, we didn't get any sense that he has, like, flashes from, like, you know, psychic trauma events, like, you know, the medium or something like that. You know, we we have seen him, like, see ghosts. But um, that sort of thing was... Yeah, because he does see his wife at some points, but we're not sure if those are memories or those are psychic phenomenon. It would have been better if, like, we knew that those were the psychic phenomenon. I, I'm with you, Rob. But I'm also with you, Jim. I think it's a fantastic uh, set piece for this movie and and helps the movie become something solid instead of the crazy flimsy thing. <laughs> well, also, also it, w- it was great because they didn't have to use any like CGI for it. It was basically just like editing, you know, like yeah. they would just cut to the past and then cut to him. In the future yeah. is great. But, like there was a, uh, <laughs> there was a part like when he becomes a ghost and is fighting Jake Busey and the two of them are like wrestling. I was like, this feels like I'm watching like Virtua Fighter or something. Like <laughs> nothing about this looks remotely real. No. Yeah. 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 But it was bad. eventually he sort of beats them by, uh, in ghost form, Michael J. Fox grabs the girlfriend and sort of pulls her spirit out up and towards the, the tunnel of light. And then Jake Busey sort of goes after her because they're in Lerve, which is kind of sweet. They're almost all the way up to heaven. And then he sort of lets go. And it seems like Michael J. Fox is going to be stuck up in heaven and they're going to be able to go back to earth to kill more people but then it turns into um it's something <laughs> demonic there's like you know intestine worms that come up and like eat them and then bring them back i guess it's hell but i thought there'd be more fire i don't know it kind of looks like a kind of looks like the inside of a butthole <laughs> uh what does the inside right? of a butthole look like blaine <laughs> i <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But it, it kind of looks like what I imagine the intestines, the inside of an intestine to look like, you know? 
It's all gross and bloody and weird. It has a very internal organ sort of feel. Yeah, it really grossed me out. I think this is the part of the movie that I hated the most. It sort of grossed and me. The out. part that like that like freaked me out the most. I didn't I didn't like looking at it. I don't find any of the like CGI it. gore affecting at all. And I I sort of find it weird Fair because enough. yeah, like thinking about bad taste, like that movie, the special effects are like basically like giant puppet costumes and the special effects are like gross. They feel like visceral, like you're like ah. Yeah. But this it's like ah somebody didn't put enough time into compositing that (laughs) (laughs) yeah they only had one computer rob (laughs) peter jackson needed his laptop to write the script for uh lord of the rings (laughs) (laughs) then since he brought those two killers to heaven his wife tells him it's not your time even though you're you you actually did die yeah. on Earth uh, twice, <laughs> twice. <laughs> twice in an afternoon. Yeah, go shack up with that other woman. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> there's no jealousy in heaven, so it's cool. We're cool up. Well, here. up in heaven, I mean, presumably, she... like if Michael J. Fox gets married to this other woman, then they can go in heaven and have like a thruple, like a heaven a holy thruple. Oh mm. my God, that's why so many people get divorced. I see. I see. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe she's maybe the ghost of his wife is just going to sit in the corner like Jerry Falwell Jr. or something. <laughs> yeah. And that is the, we, the plot to this fucking movie. We didn't even talk about Jeffrey us- Combs, you guys. Oh, my God. No. He was so he's, good. He, he's the best part of this movie, yeah. in my opinion. He really gives like a very Jim Carrey-esque performance. It's like great. He. He knows it's a kids' movie, but he also knows it's this ultra-violent movie at the same time. I think he threads the needle really, really well between those two tones. I think he's amazing. His That line where he where he says, my, ro- uh, my body is a roadmap of pain. <laughs> like, I, I just I think about that line uh, regularly. Isn't that from a Slayer song? <laughs> it probably is. But it's just every time I hurt myself, I, I think of that line. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I don't know why. It's just in there. Yeah, I'm like, oh, my my body's a roadmap of pain. But uh, I think he's hilarious. And that Hitler haircut, he really, really, really vied for. They didn't want to give it to him. So that makes me suspicious of him. I mean, it's it's very memorable. But uh... it is. He also said that it was like, since he sacrificed his body, we should say that he was like a FBI undercover investigator that went and not um, undercover though. joined. No, he wasn't undercover. All these cults he was undercover. Uh, he was the. Yeah. He's, they say oh, he oh, was uh. the sex uh, slave for the Manson family. Yeah, so he he had been in all these cults for his nation. So he was very nationalistic, which is why he yeah, got the Hitler. I mean, <laughs> it's a different nation, but okay. <laughs> why do you have to tell um, Nazis this all the time? Yeah. <laughs> Germany was over yeah. there. Um, so uh, nazis not so good on geography um so uh, one of their one of their many faults yeah yeah exactly the big knock against them um it basically conquered uh, france by accident (laughs) so that's it that's the fucking movie we're we're gonna be right back i have some questions for you which might have already been answered because i'm so good at coming up with trivia questions we'll be right back after this message 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Rewatchability. We're talking about Frighteners. Ah! The Frighteners. The Frighteners. Oh, okay. Not just random people that scream like Rob just did? Yeah. Okay. So wait, are the Frighteners, the like, his ghost-busting team? Is that what it, the title means? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, the first question is, uh, what director that routinely works with Danny Elfman was considered before Jackson? Ooh, I thought, who could this I thought be? He, Didn't he write it? Tim Burton? <laughs> no, didn't Peter Jackson write the script? Peter Jackson and he, his, his wife, did. Fran Walsh. He, I think, I think they, I think, no, I think what happened was that it was going to be, they rewrote it because the stuff that I found was that it was going to be a feature for Tales of the Crypt. Oh. And so I think someone else wrote it before they got it and then they completely rewrote it. I, I right. sort of thought um, that, that Peter Jackson and Fran Walsh wrote it for, and submitted it for Tales of the Crypt or whatever. Oh, or that's okay, how Robert Zemeckis sort of got it and then he suggested yeah. that he liked it so much that they should just direct it okay yeah i think the producers uh some producers maybe not robert zemeckis were really pulling for tim burton and honestly i could i could see tim burton's version of this i, I think it, i think it would have done well honestly. i mean you wouldn't have to change the music <laughs> yeah exactly it's the same and Danny Elfman saw Heavenly Creatures and was like, whatever your next project is, I want to do. I want to do the music. That, that's a great is, movie. I love that movie. I've never seen it. I really want to see Wait. it. But Melanie, Melanie Linsky was in it with Kate Winslet, and then Melanie Linsky was in this movie, too. And they named two of the characters after her. Exactly, because he couldn't give her a bigger role, so he named the, the two ah. characters. Oh. Yeah. They, they also named the two, Bartlett, two characters after the victims of the murderer that the murderer in this movie was based off of. Oh. Yeah, which is also so this is this is the weird part of this movie is that it's based off of the Starkweather killings. This is in um, Peter Jackson's young people murdering phase. <laughs> he was like really obsessed yeah. with like young people, young girls just killing, you know, their moms, other people. I had I remember when I was a kid or when I was like maybe like 11 or 12, I bought an Anne Rice book at a garage sale and my mom wouldn't let me read it. It was like one of the vampire books or something. And my mom was like, no, she was, she was like a real life murderer. Like, I don't, I don't want you reading that book. And then uh, a few years later, I saw Heavenly Creatures. I was like, mom, it was Anne Perry. <laughs> Anne Rice did not murder anyone. <laughs> She's just like, I don't care, but Anne's any Anne I'm not into <laughs> anymore. Anne. Like, mm-hmm. just just don't give me Anne's from now on. <laughs> My mom canceled Anne with an E. <laughs> oh, shit. People hate her. <laughs> Your mom better watch out. Those Anne with an E fans are rabid. Yeah, right? <laughs> so the Starkweather killings, this uh, man, Starkweather, when he was 19, went on a killing spree with a 14-year-old 
uh, girl and they were together. And so this movie was kind of based off that a little bit, but there were five other feature films from the fifties on up until this movie was made that were based on the same killings. Can you name two of those movies? Badlands. Yeah, Rob already did it. One. Wait, when were the killings? They were in the 50s? 60s? Um, I think the 60s. Gun Crazy? No. Um, Does the Bruce Springsteen song Nebraska count? Jesus Christ, that was my third. <laughs> uh, that's good. That was my third trivia question. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Wait, that's what yeah, Nebraska's about? It's a first person retelling of what St- uh, Starkweather did. Yeah. Oh. From Starkweather's perspective. Yeah. Some of the other ones are Sadist, Badlands, California, a movie called Starkweather. I mean, you could have guessed. I'm just saying. And then uh, Natural Born. Killers and the movie California were all based. On those. Oh, I never saw California. Me yeah, me neither. Because it was always I, I always looked it. for it in the video store, and it was never in the C section. <laughs> Which uh, <laughs> I'm sure there's a C section joke in there somewhere, but uh, uh, I'm not going to deliver say it. it. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Rob's Rob's going to cut it out of the show anyway. So, uh, beyond Nebraska, there was another number one hit song that mentions the Starkweather killings. Rob, do you know it? Okay, I'm just going to guess uh, we didn't start the fire because it mentions a bunch of shit. <laughs> You're damn straight. Yep. <laughs> also, I'd just like to say, I was thinking about it. I don't know if you guys know the song Ball of Confusion, but we didn't start the fire. It's just like the white person version of Ball of Confusion by The Temptations. It's like, stuff happened. <laughs> it's bad, right? Here's a song. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the trivia. There is some behind the scenes, though. Michael J. Fox, this was all filmed in New Zealand. And Michael J. Fox was like, fuck movies from now on. I don't want to be away from my family for so long. So... I'm just going to do TV. So that's how Spin City got spun up. Oh, nice. Is that he did this movie and was like, I'm tired of it. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be on a set. One of the main reasons might be because he broke his foot in the woods, (laughs) uh, not even doing a stunt. Apparently, he did like lots of his own kind of jumping around in this movie, um, but he was just walking in the woods and took a wrong step and uh, broke his foot. Tricky. And that that led to a lot of uh, rewrites happening, uh, not because he couldn't do the things in the story, but because Peter Jackson was like, I think this might not be as good as it can be. And so he kept on on rewriting in the time they were off. <laughs> it's mm. like, why is Michael J. Fox character always sitting? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So this movie was released worldwide, but in one place... It wasn't released in Australia, in uh, in the uh, province of Tasmania or the island of Tasmania, and that was because the Tasmanian devil ate all the prints. <laughs> just just really <laughs> spun them up and ate them. Um, that's true. Rob's getting all the trivia tonight. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. It was the Port Arthur massacre right. happened right before the release of this film where um, uh, a man killed 35 Yeah, it's horrific. People. It's really horrific. And he ordered the gun through a newspaper to do it. So 
there it led to like a whole bunch of reforms not only in the in Australia but in the UK and Ireland as well because there was a a place a city that also had a, a massacre happen 2 weeks before and he saw that and kind of was like that gave him the the gumption to finally do it so it was a copycat kind of massacre which is just just awful but i have to hand it to those places they had a massacre and they changed their gun laws they made them really strict and it things like that haven't happened i mean the tasmanian thing was the the single worst killing on australian yeah. soil ever because of the restriction of the gun laws so kudos to them and maybe you know other places in the world no blame gun laws don't work (laughs) if you take away guns then how will we shoot people who disagree with us god these people hundreds of years ago wrote it on a piece of paper and that's why we need guns i heard i heard there was a study that shows that you know most gun deaths are suicides by like you know, men. So, um, I mean, that's also not good. I, I actually heard this statistic the other day that in Canada, at least, um, the majority of gun deaths are, are male suicides. But the other, the other deaths are like if that's the third level of suicide. There's two more. We should talk about something suicide. more entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> did I, did you know I want to tell you guys my Michael J. Fox story? Does it involve a suicide? <laughs> no. That's why I bring it up. <laughs> okay. Tell us. So I am a big Back to the Future fan. News to me. you guys know. And uh, I love Back to the Future. It's my favorite thing. And they were... T- how much do you love it? Well... Can you tell us something about how much you love it? Like, that pertains to your wedding, maybe? Or- yeah, Blaine knows this. I My friends hired a, a guy in a DeLorean to drive me to my wedding. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I've i probably told that story on the podcast before, but like, I basic, like basically I asked a friend for... <laughs> I asked a friend of mine who's probably listening to this podcast now to drive me to the wedding, and instead he hired a DeLorean to drive me, which was awesome and hilarious and amazing. But also, like, as I was, you know getting up in the morning and and saw the DeLorean, I, it sort of slowly dawned on me that DeLoreans only have two seats and <laughs> that it would be me and this strange man. <laughs> I love this story. On, on the, all the way. I mean, anyways, that's a, that's a separate story. But I love Back to the Future. It's it's the first like real movie I remember watching. It's, it's my favorite movie. Uh, and so it... They were doing a Back to the Future reunion at like the comic convention local you know events here in toronto and i don't tend to go to those things right i don't know about you guys blaine i think you've been to you go sometimes you like to hold them in your memory the way that you last saw them to see the old wrinkled dock it's no it's it's not so much that it's i I don't like going because of the crowds of those things and it's just i i don't know it's i i went to the only time i'd been before was i went for work i covered it for some website or something but uh i i you know it was the back to the future cast was reuniting and i thought you know i i gotta go to that so i i bought a ticket to the night where they did you know had the cast and they had michael j fox and christopher lloyd and and biff and uh and leah thompson uh or i should say his name tom thomas f wilson played played biff anyways 
I was also, you know, it was a hard time in my life. I was going through a lot and, uh, I, you know, they had like the go get your photo taken with Marty and doc and you pay a bunch of money. And that always seemed like a weird, crazy, expensive thing to do. Like I would see, you know, I, I, I don't want to judge people and I won't after, you know, when you hear the end of the story, you'll know why I don't. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like, I, you know, you see pictures of people, you know, posing with miserable celebrities and you're just like, ah, why, you know, who needs to, you know, meet Jason Momoa or, you know, it always just seemed like a weird <laughs> phony thing that, yeah. Anyways, I... I buckled and I, you know, I thought like, you know, I'm, I'm going through all this stuff. I, I am going to treat myself and I'm going to spend a dumb amount of money to go meet Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd and get a picture taken because they were like the first like movie people I ever saw. They are like on a whole other stratosphere of, of celebrity to me. It's, they're very like meaningful figures in my life. So I did that. And not just Aquaman. Yeah. yeah. And so I went, the, the, you know, the panel they did was great. It was great seeing them all and hearing them talk, this, tell the stories. And then I went to, you know, get the photo taken and it was, you know, getting in there was just awful. Like it was just, you just get crowded in with all these people. It's like being at the airport. And then, uh, and then you go in and then <laughs> after waiting to like, get uh, herded into this thing like they uh the people working there were like well no one's allowed to bring any props in like you can't bring props you just have to go in and get your picture taken so there was this whole, so it was like airport security but instead of you know confiscating like liquids or sharp objects there was just like a table filled with hoverboards <laughs> and like <laughs> you know futuristic caps and uh, and things like that strewn about and then they're saying well and you know you can't talk to them you can't have a conversation. You basically go in and you stand there and they take your picture and then you fuck off. And so then you go in and you're, you know, waiting in line and you're seeing all the other people do it. And it looks uh, kind of sad and kind of depressing. <laughs> people didn't even like acknowledge that they were there or human beings. It was like, you know, you know, they just kind of walked up as if they were inanimate objects and would stand behind right. them, get their picture taken and just wander off. Like it was very surreal, very kind of episodes yeah uh, totally like yeah. you would not treat like a wax statue any differently and uh granted you know they were we were told not to engage with them and they're also like families and stuff it, it was weird and uh and michael J- and i was you know i it was a last minute decision on my part so i uh was like the very last group like i was at the very back of the line to do this thing and by the time i got to the front like Michael J. Fox looked looked tired, like he looked tired and uncomfortable, and like you know any of us would be. And also, you know, he's he has Parkinson's, right? Like he, we would all look like uh, like Michael J. Fox did at the end of the day. So I was like, oh my god, I just you know I spent all this money. I'm gonna have this photo with Michael J. Fox looking uh, looking miserable, and that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna have to put that on my wall and and be reminded of this terrible day. And, uh, and then I got up to the front, and it was again, it was just me. Like I did not go with anyone. It's this weird, surreal thing. I was just alone, and I got to the front. And I was like, okay, I'm a comedy writer. I'm gonna try to make him laugh because if I can make, like, if I can make him laugh right before they take the picture, 
he'll smile and it'll be all right. So I got to the front and I, I, I stood behind and I said, hello. And, and, you know, acknowledge that there are people. And I, I stood behind them and they were just about to take the picture. And I, I said, Oh, I feel like, uh, my parents just dragged us all to Sears Portrait Studio. <laughs> That's not a great joke, but it, it was enough. And Michael was J. Nice. Fox, uh, I could tell that he laughed. And uh, he's got a big smile in the photo. And uh, and as I was leaving, like he actually said, like, oh, bye. And I said, bye. And that was that's nice. my Michael J. Fox story. And then someone pulled you aside and said, you're not supposed to talk to him. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> and yeah. then beat you with a hoverboard. So basically, I paid like an exorbitant amount of money to go make Michael J. Fox laugh for <laughs> 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but it was worth it because he's well, an nice. icon. Yeah. And the thing about this movie that I do like is there aren't a lot of Michael J. Fox movies. Yeah. I, I love in the same way that I love Back to the Future. Not that I love this movie, but it is a good one, I think. Like... I don't think Teen Wolf holds up. <laughs> you know, uh, Doc Hollywood, I don't remember. Greedy's pretty good. But like this one always felt like, you know, one of those good Michael J. Fox movies. Uh, yeah. And it's great to see him because, I mean, most of his work is in TV other than the Back to the Future movies, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Spin City, Family Ties. Good Wife. Oh, he's so good. In that. Oh, yeah. He's so good. Well, let's get to it then. What did you guys think of this movie? Was it rewatchable? I'll, I'm going to start with you, Rob. I tried to get into it, but I just I didn't. You know, it was really long, and I felt like there were like way too many elements to the story. I feel like Peter Jackson and Fran Walsh really just need to like pick a few things and sort of like pair them out because there are so many elements trying to come together, like the the ghost buddies the like murdering people the the uh the mysterious deaths and they don't all sort of coalesce in like a way that feels super meaningful there are things that i like in this movie i like the way that michael j fox says the word asshole he says the word asshole so great and i I think it all is also like a throwback to Back to the Future, where he's like, what happens, Doc? Do we turn into assholes or something? I just love the way he says <laughs> I, asshole. I, I thought the same thing when he said asshole. I was like... <laughs> you, you guys should see the uh, the bloopers for this movie, because he does call the judge Doc at one point. It's, it's <laughs> oh, really? Funny. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty great. That was 10 years <laughs> ago. He Everyone's those. thinking it. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, there are so many, like, Back to the Future-esque moments in this. Like, I mean, first of all, like, Gary Busey's kid reminded me of Biff Tannen in so many moments. Like, he has the same sort of, like, face and, like, skull structure, like that 1950s sort of blockhead sort of dude. Also, there's that, like, scene where somebody is about to shoot Marty and... No, Marty. <laughs> Michael J. Fox. And he, uh, and he like, jumps down a hole in the floor. And that reminded me of the scene where on... Uh, on Tannen Tower. Tannen I thought the same thing, him, yeah. Right? Yeah, true. <laughs> so for those reasons, I liked it. I also like to see, like, John Aston before they, uh, I don't know, took away his dignity. <laughs> <laughs> and he took away other people's But so many of the elements, sarcophagus. like, didn't seem, like, fully formed. Like, the ghost buddies, 
that didn't really work. Like, neither of those two characters really uh, connected for me. The romance story didn't connect for me. Also, like, Ooh. Michael J. Fox's backstory didn't really connect for me. Like, I didn't feel like this was a person who was, like, haunted by, you know, losing his loved one or anything like that. And it's long. It's two hours long. I mean, I watched the director's cut, so I don't know if there's a shorter version, but I think that, like, Peter Jackson needs somebody else to edit his films because, or, like, you know, to make the final decisions when it comes to final cut, because he just... Rob, you should just be glad that The Frighteners wasn't a trilogy. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Don't say that. It's not too late. Peter Jackson will go back. You never know. He'll find find eight hours of extra footage. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say not rewatchable for me. I, I don't know Ooh. if I'll watch this one again. Um it was fun. It was an interesting sort of comedy. I guess I could see if it was on like Netflix or something, maybe tuning in. Um but it's something that I feel like a lot of other movies in the nineties did better. Like the Adams Family movies sort of have a similar vibe. Beetlejuice has a similar vibe. This doesn't seem to sort of get the blend of horror and comedy for me. What about you, JM? Yeah, I I can't help but agree with a lot of that. I was okay. My biggest problems were I was confused by how the ghosts worked. Yes, uh, I don't mm-hmm. think they mm-hmm. really set out any consistent rules. The love story is weird because it just doesn't work. Her husband just died. They don't have a lot of chemistry. <laughs> and then there's like the scene where she kills him so he can become a ghost, and they like kiss their hands and like press it on the glass, and it's just like what? Yeah. You barely know this nope. guy. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot that doesn't work, but there's also a lot that I think is just original and fun. And, I mean, it's hard because if we're talking about this movie in terms of the rewatchability of it, where I'm stacking it up against how I experienced it as a kid, no, it's not as good. Like, not by a long shot. Like, it's got way more problems than I realized. (laughs) But if I were to look at it sort of in a vacuum, I think it's still like a really fun movie and it's got so many neat things going for it. I'm glad it exists. I enjoyed it. But yeah, I mean, it's not it's not perhaps as good as I thought it was when I was younger. Uh, Blaine, I, I think you probably feel the same way, right? Uh, you guys said it all. Yeah, I was just disappointed watching it. I I like brought up my phone and I was like, why am I on my phone? This is like the most exciting movie I can remember from my childhood. I loved this movie. And I think the way we watch movies might be either different because we're older or different because we're in a different time. Uh, it just seems so frantic and fast paced for to its detriment because it couldn't connect you to like Michael J. Fox seemed to hate his friends. <laughs> he seemed to uh, begrudgingly fall in love with this woman. Uh, it, it all seemed to be like put on this main character. And I didn't, yeah, I didn't quite like it. The premise is so good though. Mm-hmm. I love, I love that dragon heart premise of the ghosts <laughs> going in to a house and him being like i can get rid of them for you what a great idea no wonder this like script got sold and zemeckis was like yeah onto it i yeah i think it's wonderful i think that it's one of those movies that will never get a remake but i wish it would because i think it could be done really well and really fun 
Um, yeah. But again, like I was- think a big reason why any of it worked, if any parts worked, was the Michael J. Fox of it all. Like he's just such a charismatic, uh, watchable actor. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think he. I think yeah. he makes the whole thing, even when it's messy, even when it makes no sense. It kind of hangs together on on your desire to see him do stuff. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think. Yeah, because he's such an icon, it's hard to replace him in your head. But I think it could be done, and I, he you does can replace him with Charlie work. Sheen. I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> a precedent. And then you could replace Charlie <laughs> Sheen with Ashton Kutcher. Oh my god! <laughs> and wasn't it Eric Stoltz that Michael J. Fox replaced? It could just be like a replace chain all the way yeah. through. <laughs> uh, well, Eric Stoltz was originally but, for this, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I I think I think it could be a good movie now. Like I think they could make a good fun movie out of it now that it had like more of an anchoring in the real world and had more of a cadence to it than this did. I I think it could Yeah, I also think that like they wouldn't be as impressed with themselves for using special effects so that would also yeah. make it go a lot faster like hey look what we're doing we're in the <laughs> walls now ah. <laughs> well i think they could go back to using practical effects for some of that because i think the you know the pendulum is swinging the other way so hopefully that'd work out anyway that's what i think so i think we're on the side of it being mildly unwatchable i'm gonna say mildly pro is, is mildly vote. pro yeah i'm mildly I, non no mildly no we can't <laughs> legally say thumbs up or thumbs down that's, <laughs> that's yeah if we don't want to be haunted by ghosts can we use another digit <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so that's it for rewatchability this week thank you so much for tuning in if you want more episodes you can go to rewatchability.com or check us out on uh, apple podcasts or stitcher or blueberry is that a thing anywhere where you get your podcasts you can get us spotify oh i just had a great idea based on what you just said a movie where like a really bad actor like you know just appears in dumb comedies like a rob schneider or a kevin james (laughs) or something uh, he gets haunted by the ghosts of siskel and ebert Oh, who, <laughs> just, who refused to let him go there. until he starts doing better movies. So all of a sudden he starts, instead of picking the lazy, dumb comedy script, he starts going out for like the Oscar oh movies. Oh my God. You, and it, you and, know what that is? That's the Adam Sandler story. Yeah, is right. what you just described. <laughs> that actually happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was like, okay, I'll go out for a good movie. We won't stop haunting you till you win an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find us on the the tweets and the faces and the instas of the world too. Uh, and if you do like us, consider Patreon and consider telling your friends. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be back with another scary movie. What do you mean? Hopefully, it's we'll, not. What would happen? <laughs> I don't know. Ah! Cisco and Ebert, man. 